It's fine. Um, thank you for coming on my show, Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast, where amazing things do happen. <laughs> um, basically, um, I evidently I pretty much know everything about you as far as your language learning journey personally from reading your blog and your podcast but unfortunately my my podcasters don't really know a lot about you so I said well why don't I interview Ollie and um, have him tell his story to my um, listeners very pleased to do so um so basically you can just start Right, my story. Well, it all began. But, no, I'm joking. So I, I, uh, I started learning languages um, quite late compared to a lot of people. So I was about 19 years old when I started mm -hmm. learning languages. Um, I didn't have any exposure to languages as a kid. So I'm an, I'm an adult learner very much. And it all began um, in here in London, actually, where I live. And uh, I, I um, was working in a cafe here in London and um, London's a very multicultural place and there were many many people from different countries working in the cafe with me and I got I suddenly got exposure to to um, to French Italian Spanish Portuguese and Japanese uh, from my colleagues at work and it was really um, uh, eye-opening for me you know and at that moment I I kind of had this realization that me being this monolingual English kid, you know, knowing nothing about the world, that wasn't going to do. So I sort of set about starting to learn French and um, ended up going to Paris for a while and getting a job there and I learned French there and then that kind of then inspired me and gave me the confidence to keep learning other languages. And then over the, the ensuing 15 years or so, I learned more and more languages and um, up until the day of today, I've I've studied about ten languages, um, but I don't speak that many um, because some of them I've studied and I haven't kept up. I, I tend to speak about five or six languages on a on a fairly regular basis um, in my kind of daily life, uh, from one month to the next. And then there's a few more which I um, have spoken a lot in the past, but don't really keep up. And then another another couple more which uh, I've sort of learned and then forgotten. So that's the brief history of Ollie. Oh, that that's interesting. I I find and I wanted to say this to you because I, I find you to be like my language um hero. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. I I wanna say you're probably the only person out there that creates content for everybody. And it doesn't matter if they reprint or they don't reprint. Most of the people that I have seen they mostly have print material, no audio, because, you know, there are people out there that cannot reprint. And so I just want to say thank you for that, because, like, not too many people were thinking about that. And when I would communicate with certain people, they it, that would be the last thing on their mind. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I appreciate it. It's always nice to... to to you know, I, I put a lot, of, a lot of time and work into... Um, into the stuff that I make, and it's always nice to have good feedback on that. <laughs> yeah, because right now I'm actually listening to your Russian short stories and your French and your Italian. Wow, and, uh, great! Three, three at the same time. 
Well, not really. I mean, like, I'll listen to, like, the French at night and get up to, like, chapter four and then I'll fall asleep. Because I have to have something to fall asleep to. <laughs> well, they say that they say that if you, uh, you know, if you if you listen to stuff while you sleep, it goes in automatically, right? So, you know, <laughs> maybe it's working. Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm just curious, what what made you um, want to, like, write, you know, books? I mean, I know you like to read, but, I mean, was that the main genesis for why? It's a good question, actually. Uh, you know, I'm I'm quite a an eclectic person when it comes to making stuff. I I like to make stuff. I like to have a creative outlet for the things that I do. And mm -hmm. you know, the, my short story books in particular, you know, they've become very very popular. And uh, you know, we recently re-released um, the, the the beginner series with Teach Yourself, which was a, a fantastic thing to do and um, something I'm really, really, really pleased with. But there's a lot of other stuff that I've done as well. It's not just the, the books. So I, I kind of like to see the books as, you know, one one part of, of many other things that I do. I, you know, I create um, beginner right. courses, I create listening material. I'm working right now on a, on a grammar program to help people learn grammar naturally through story. Um, but so, so yeah, I kind of I I've tried a lot of different stuff, and and you know the books in particular were very popular, very well received, and so I kind of made more of them, and um, trying to you know I I try to combine the things that that I think I'm good at, and this the skills and talents or otherwise <laughs> that I have. I try to avoid the things I'm bad at, and I just focus on the things I'm good at, and then when people like them, I, I make more of them, and um, the books I think that they were one of the more successful experiments that I that I've done. Yeah, I found that to be so interesting because I'm such an avid reader of all books, minus Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I'm just curious, what what made you want to create your um, Spanish Academy? Spanish Academy. Well, I um, the, the behind that really is is a desire to just help people learn languages, and mm -hmm. it just so happened that Spanish for me, was where I, I started. I mean, Spanish mm -hmm. is, is a language I speak quite well, and it's also a very popular language out there in the world. Many people who follow me, who read my blog, who listen to my, my podcast, they, uh, they learn Spanish. So it was kind of an obvious place to start. And you know, to be honest, at the very beginning of, of, the, of the academy, I wasn't really sure exactly if it was going to work or how people would, would respond to it. Because mm -hmm. the Fluent Spanish Academy is, is specifically for intermediate learners. So right. for people who are stuck at an intermediate level. And there's not much material out there for people in that, you know, who, right. are, who are in a, an intermediate. Most stuff is aimed at beginners. So um, it was an experiment, really. And, uh, you know, I, I knew, I, I was quite confident in the methodology of helping people overcome that, that intermediate plateau and move on to an advanced level in the language. Um, but it takes work, and I didn't know whether people would respond to that and whether they would actually do the work that was involved, that was necessary mm -hmm. to actually find success with that. And, mm -hmm. uh, but it turns out they did. And so, um, you know, it's a few years on, we're still going strong, we have more and more, more and more members. Um, but ideally, I'd like to do that in all, lots of different languages, not just Spanish. It just kind of so happened that 
that Spanish, right. Spanish for me was an obvious place to start. Yeah, Spanish over here is a very dominant language. I, I'm like you, I learned, um, that was my first foreign language. My third language, but my first overall in foreign, foreign language wise. Right. I, I didn't have a choice but to take it because I was at a, a community college where they did not have the area that I was in, which was the east side, they didn't have um, any other language from like beginning to end. And everything else was downtown or it was on the west side. So I took Spanish. And I was very good at the grammar. Okay. Very good. Um, my problem was the vocabulary and speaking from day one. But I was very good at understanding what people were saying, especially when they made their mistakes with the different endings and and I'm like, oh no, you meant this and this is an AR verb and this is what you know. I mean I even I even picked up the curse words and they were just like <laughs> you said this. This is what you meant to say. And my professors were so amazed by it. They wanted me to go to Cuba and Mexico to study for like a month. Because by the time I got done with with the grammar, which was like I would consider it be like a twenty ten here, which would be like a low intermediate pretty much i i my response was are is that that's it and everybody looked at me like are you crazy <laughs> do you know how hard this is i was like this is not hard this is really because i learned well aside from english american sign language when i was a little girl okay and, and i was completely fluent but over time of course when you don't use it you lose it yes i still remember, <laughs> I, I still remember some of it so I pretty much, my whole language background didn't start till I was 23. Um, and then about 12 years after that, I decided I'm going to do a distance course and see how I do with, because I, I knew my grammar was strong, but my vocabulary was weak. So I just took both courses uh, through the Hadley School for the Blind for free. And it was um, conversational. And I finished it in nine, both of them in nine weeks. And the teacher was blown out of the water because not too many people can go through, you know, two conversational courses in under three months. Hmm. So, so I, because it was distance learning, I had a braille copy with audio and I just did the, called in and did the lessons. And she was like, you need to just start learning languages. You're, you're really good. So that made me in 2015 want to go for Russian. Wow. And I, I did it with Michelle Thomas, memorized. I do try Pensler, it's too slow. Yeah. So I said, screw it. Um, and um, I do a lot of comprehensible input, a lot of, a lot of listening. I did a whole year of nothing. Fuck. Ollie? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, you have to okay, edit, that, edit, edit that bit out. <laughs> sorry. That, the someone likes to call my phone. Um, so as a McLaster short, I decided to do uh, Russian Made Easy 30 free podcast. Got that through my head, wanted more, spoke for a year, decided to listen for an entire year of nothing to Russian TV all day, every day, seven days a week, all day. And come to find out now I can speak at a higher intermediate level and I took a crack at Italian and French and I was like oh I like this 
<laughs> and then Dutch. And now um, I switched over from Swedish to um, Chinese as of today. And I actually found it not as difficult. The tones weren't that hard. And I'm also going to do Japanese and Egyptian Arabic at some point. Wow. So, Quite an ambition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm an audio learner, so everything's by ear. And I do things the hard way. Like I would have people read the textbook to me. And I just had those, you know, CDs they give you with the textbook back in the day. And I had tutors that spoke Spanish, French, and Italian. And they were like, you're really good at this. Why aren't you doing this? And I, you know, when you're young, you, you're, I, I come from theater background and film background. So I was more into that than I was in the languages. It wasn't until later on I got into you know, the language learning community. And I just want to say thank you for all your advice and help and i really appreciate it oh well thank you very much it's my pleasure yeah i mean it's very interesting lots of people some people really do gravitate towards grammar and and really love grammar um and uh you know i i, I i'm someone that really really likes grammar as well and I, I i i tend to i tend to find grammar a fairly natural thing for me personally i know lots of people do struggle with it i i think it's something that is, is, is very individual I struggle with other things um, mm -hmm. but grammar as well I, I, I really like grammar and, and the the the, the, uh, the the kind of expressive options it gives you so I can really relate to your story yeah I mean because for me personally now I've got to the point where I'm more vocabulary based um, and I, I'm also someone that I'm very selective about what I want to talk about. I'm not someone that writes stuff down. I don't keep journals. Everything's in my head. And so, um, I pretty much, right now, I'm learning the Braille codes for Italian, Dutch, and French, which are not that difficult, really, because it's all Latin-based um, overall. But at the same time, like, I don't plan on writing in the language. I plan on mostly my aim is to speak and actually have intelligible conversations past the weather um, with people. So that's mainly my whole aim is to be able to, to talk about politics and sports and fashion and, and whatever books I, I like to read and those types of things. I, I find that a lot of the forums I'm in, they want to write everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you wanted to speak and it's so frustrating because you want to find those people who really want to want to speak the language and you just you just can't because all they want to do is type every why can't you write I don't want to <laughs> yeah so, so much of so much of success in language learning I think for me is, is, is identifying the things that you want to do I mean I'm assuming I, I hardly ever write in my languages I just speak them and yeah. more and more now I also read and listen to them, um, but you know, my, but my ultimate aim is always speaking. That's what gives right. gas. That's what gives me joy. It's what motivates me, and knowing that you know gives me uh, helps me move forward and to keep to keep learning. You know, if you were forcing me to write essays, I, I wouldn't last very long. I wouldn't stay motivated. Oh, I trust me. I I loved English when I was a kid everything Brit English, like I just wanted to plant myself over in England and not leave. 
Um, because I loved Shakespeare and, and studying theater and everything and being able to act in a Shakespeare play or two. And I love cinema and, well, the royal family to an extent. But, yeah, Megan's pregnant now. Yeah, big news, big news. Yes, that's so good. I'm so happy for them. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, but I, I had to ask, what was your your motivation for wanting to learn Japanese? Uh, it was pretty straightforward really. I lived in Japan. Um, so I, you know, much like when I lived in Egypt, I felt the need to learn Arabic. When I lived in Japan, I wanted to learn Japanese. Um, so it really was as simple as that. Oh, that's interesting because I, well, I don't know if I ever go to Japan. But my whole, someone asked me, why did I want to learn, why didn't I want to learn an Asian language? And I said, well, I w if I did choose an Asian language, it'll have to be Japanese. Mainly because I grew up in the 80s and 90s. So I grew up with Transformers and Voltron and Thundercats and all that. And I would love to watch that stuff in, like, Japanese. And then I'm a big horror movie fan. So I wouldn't mind watching the audition, the ring, the grudge, all that in original Japanese. And I was so, like, you know... Influenced by Kurosaka, Kurosaka, and and all you know, um, Zhang Wu, and you know all these great you know filmmakers and yeah. how they shot the movies. Yeah. That uh, I said I, I I gotta learn Japanese. Plus, to me, it sounds it seems easier to speak than it does to write. I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember hiragana, kani, kanja, and kanji. Um, no. Um, yes, yeah, so you have a hiragana, katakana, and kanji, and yeah, um, yeah they are difficult to write. Well, hiragana and katakana, they're not so hard. I mean, I think you have around fifty characters in each one. Kanji, you uh, have you have many yeah. thousands and th thousands and thousands and thousands. Uh, so yeah, it is. I, I agree, the Japanese is easier to speak than it is to write, um, for sure. But it is one of those languages also that. Um, in order to learn to speak to a high level, you do have to learn to read and write eventually, because right. you know so so much of I think so much of reaching a high level in any language is you have to be literate, you have to be able to read. Right, um, and I I know they have Japanese Braille, so someone asked me was I going to learn it, and I said I'll think about it. Hmm. And they also have Chinese Braille too. I, I interviewed Vladimir Skoltelli last week. And he asked me, he's like, do you know Chinese Braille? I was like, I don't know a lick of Chinese. <laughs> no. Well, it sounds, sounds difficult. Sounds difficult. Um, from a friend of mine's over there right now who's teaching English to some blind kids in China. She has family over there. And she, I asked her, have you learned Pinyin yet? And she said, they don't even do that here. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's for foreigners, right? I got my answer. Yeah. Right, right. And so she, she, they have Chinese Braille over there. I think it's like 50 characters they have to learn or something like that. I, I don't think it's like relatively um, as many um, as you would do in print. So, yeah, I, um, I said I, I, since I'm audio, person i probably would do a lot more audio a lot more tv shows things like that um if i were to because netflix is like a treasure trove of language material 
in a lot of their series you can you can listen to in Chinese and Italian and German and Spanish and French. So, and um, they also have audio described too now. So now I can I can watch something and even I can still see the TV. I can't read the subtitles, but voiceover read me the subtitles and then I'll have the audio description in the background at the same time to pick up the little things I can't pick up visually. So yeah, I'm I'm really like in my own language learning mode pretty much when it comes down to immersion. Yeah. I, I do I do believe you don't necessarily have to go to the country to to learn it. I mean, because you have the internet too. You have so many people you can talk to on Skype, and Facebook, and WhatsApp, and you know, in order to communicate, you don't necessarily have to be there. Absolutely. Which, which is a good thing. I I wanted to ask if you had seven tips for beginner to intermediate learners on you know language learning as a whole. Um, what would those be? Did you say seven tips? <laughs> Did I hear right? That's my lucky number. Your lucky number. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, seven tips. Um, okay, well, I would... Uh, I think, first of all, I'd say um, learn the basics. So get a basic a beginner's textbook and go through it quickly so you can get an overview of the language. Next, I would say um, find simple stories in the language that come with text and audio so that you can read and listen to it through the language that, that will help you get used to the language and uh, learn some basic vocabulary then I would um, work hard to have some contact with the language every single day because it's like a language is like a muscle and you have to grow you have to sort of work at it every day in order to grow then um, I would fairly quickly start to speak with people. Now this doesn't have to be at the beginning, but certainly once you've kind of you know been through your beginner's book and you've got a bit of traction, start to speak. Because if you want to speak the language, you have to speak it. You can't study your way to fluency. You have to you have to speak it. Then I would say um, start to transition out of simple material and find more um, more extensive material that you can read and listen to so you start off with very basic things that you could understand as a beginner and then start to move towards more long-form material like my books of short stories for example that's kind of what they're written for so that you can get more exposure to the language learn more vocabulary more grammar in a natural way um, mm -hmm. okay that's five see if I'm gonna make six or seven number six um, I would say Learn to use basic memory techniques like mnemonics because mm. once you get up towards that intermediate level, you, you need some help in, in memorizing vocabulary and mnemonics and other techniques can really help you do that and give you a bit of an edge. And lastly, number seven, what would I say? Um, I think I would say have a goal in mind. So don't just aimlessly study because you, if you succeed, you won't know when you get there. You won't know when you have succeeded. So have a goal in mind and work towards that goal because that is the, the, really the only way you're ever going to be able to judge whether or not you've been successful. Right. How's that? Is that seven? Does that do? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. Merci.
I do have to say that I, I do that with myself as well. I'll, I'll plan out what it is I want to do um, in regards to whatever language it is. So I'll start with, you know, your basic stuff. Like, first of all, I'll start with pronunciation. Because if you cannot correctly pronounce what someone else is saying, or whatever the words may be, the sentence may be, you're trying to speak with a native speaker, or even someone that's learning the same language as you, they're not going to understand a word you say. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not listening to the sounds of, of the vowels and the consonants, and if there are endings that you need to pronounce or not. Um, I also would say that in hindsight, um, a lot of people seem to have this theory that they're too old to learn. And then they like, you know, pretty much don't even try. They just psych themselves out before they even start, which yeah. I, I think is terrible because there's an 80 year old person somewhere around the world learning English for the first time. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, if a 90 year old can graduate with their bachelor's degree at 90 in theology, then we have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. People need confidence. People need to, need to have the confidence that they can learn. And, um, and with that, once you have the confidence, really, at any age, you can do amazing things. Are you still doing um, languages in London? Languages of London? Well, honestly, we've been having a bit of trouble recently because we can't find a good venue. We had um, Languages of London was a meetup that um, right. that I was running for language fans in London, and we we used, we had some fantastic events with fifty, sixty people turning up, you know, coming and having a drink and talking about languages. It was great fun, but. Um, we, we had endless problems finding good venues and, uh, and venues that would stick and would let us stay there long term and wouldn't kick us out the day before. So recently we've just, we've kind of given up <laughs> because unfortunately, because we, oh, can't, we nice. can't find venues. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things really. The reality of running events is quite tricky. And, um, right. But I think one day if I find another, another good venue in central London, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start it up again. Yeah, I, because I was like, he started his own meetup group. God, this guy is smart as hell. <laughs> and I was telling Chris Brohom of Asheville Fluency when I interviewed him a few weeks ago. I'm always boasting about you, like to everybody, including my family, which, <laughs> which is nuts. But I was like, yes, he's like totally cool as hell. If we ever met in real life, oh my God. I was like, well, I could have yeah. a, a, a conversation about four different languages <laughs> well you know you never know you might hate me in real life it's, it's most possible I get <laughs> uh, but I will say that um, I am completely like blown away by what you've created um, keep doing it because like a lot of people love what you do and I, <laughs> I see that a lot and I'm like wow if I can do one tenth of what he's accomplished, and like, and I mean, you ha you haven't been out that long, like, 
three years. I think I started my, I wrote my first blog post about uh, five years ago, actually. But um, right. yeah, I've only been kind of doing doing this 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 thing full time for for a few years, and um, right. you know, but I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to have lots of very great people who work with me, um, and um, and you know, we, we we try our hardest to put out some to put out good stuff that we believe in, and uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm very grateful for the uh, for the feedback, and I'm really glad that you that you enjoy it, Chanel. Thank you. Um, and I just have one more question for you. Sure. Where do you see yourself in like five years? Um, maybe starting a colony on Mars or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, honestly, I, I have trouble. Um, I have trouble thinking more than a few months ahead. Uh, th there are what I know for sure is that at this stage there are lots of things that I still want to do. I have lots of plans for next year. I mean, I mentioned earlier I'm I'm working on a product <clears throat> to that builds on my, my my methodology of teaching with stories, specifically to help people with grammar, because grammar is right. a you know for, for some people like you, you know, it's just like water off a duck's back, learning grammar. But for many people, it's it's a it's a fate worse than death, you know, and people really struggle with it. So I'm creating um, training material right. to help people learn grammar. I want to create something about to help people um, teach languages to their kids, because that's a very important thing that's not discussed um, very much. Um, right. I also want to. I also really like to run some teacher training um, courses because I have a background in teaching and teacher training, and I see a lot of opportunities to help people teach languages better as well. So lots of things I want to do, and um, all I know for the moment is that um, you know I. As long as I still have those things out there that I haven't finished, then I need to finish right. them before I start to think about anything else. Oh, that's awesome. Because I, I, I have a TEFL certification as well right. in teaching um, English to business people and young learners. And my question is, because I'm still looking for employment anyway, because my whole aim is to teach online for the most part. Uh, giving the situation here in the states with you know all the, the school shootings and I know here in Akron as an example there's been like 50 cases of like teachers being um, assaulted by students and I said as someone that's visually impaired and I, ha I have a guide dog you know I my safety comes first um, and so I'm just curious like if you had any tips to give me about starting to teach online. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I think one of the issues with the teaching industry is that there's not there. I mean, the, the language teaching industry. I'm talking about mm -hmm. you know, TEFL, um, EFL, right. not not teaching in mainstream schools because mainstream school system teachers tend to be quite well qualified. Um, but with language teaching, it's a pretty unregulated, wild west type um, situation, you know, and. Um, I I really believe that teachers should get as much training as they can because you know there is so much to learn about language theory and so much of what I do and I, I write about and I apply to my own learning it comes from my my, my own education in, in teaching and learning how to right. teach learning teaching theory from people like right. Stephen Grashen and um, other 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 researchers in the field so I would suggest really um, taking an initial teacher training course which you've done you've got that certificate. 
once you've got that basic certificate, then you've got to go and just get a couple of years of solid classroom teaching experience full time. Right. Because everything you learn in your teacher training only comes out, only blossoms in the classroom. So, right. you know, when I first did my training, I did a, a four week CELTA course. And then I went mm -hmm. and I taught full time for two or three years uh, in Japan. And then I went and did my next stage, which is called a Delta diploma. Mm -hmm. And then I went and taught for a few more years, and then I went to do a master's degree, um, and you know, taught for a little bit more, and uh, started moving into teacher training and stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. teaching is something that you've got that you know you get better by doing. So right. you know, if you want to teach, then teach. <laughs> Basically, it really comes down to that. Yeah, because I I know here I was working for like a year with uh, a nonprofit organization called um, Project Learn Summit County, and they worked with um, eighteen to sixty five year olds that were immigrants, and I mean you name the country, they were from there. And I worked in their ESL um, program like four hours a week, um, twice a week, and. Some of these people have never seen someone that's disabled, you know, like teach them anything, you know, because in most of their countries, disabled people, especially if you're blind, are shunned. And so they got to learn about my guide dog. They got to learn about, you know, how I learn, what I've done, you know, what experience I've had. And You'd be surprised, like, some of these people are, like, from Afghanistan, uh, Yemen, Iran, Iraq, um, you know, I don't think we had anyone from Saudi Arabia, but we had, you know, a lot of people, people from Yemen and Nepal and China, of course, um, Vietnam, Japan, Taiwan, and Korea, and then, of course, Latin America, so... And a little bit of Eastern Europe. So it was, it was six, every six weeks, you know, you had students and their levels were like from a two to like a six in regards to, you know, their English proficiency. And it was just so amazing. You know, I learned so much from these people and listening to their stories and how, you know, where they came from. I mean, some of the places they came from, was, it was uh, brutal uh, and they they actually learned so much you know from me and the other you know people that were volunteering our time to help them and I remember um, this Chinese lady she had only been here for like a year I think it's two years now and she got married to an American guy and she said um, she wanted to know how she could increase her vocabulary and I said, well, do you watch TV? And she said, yes, but in Chinese. And I said, oh, no, 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 you got to stop. What you want to do, take a pen, take a notebook, do it the old-fashioned one. Turn on Netflix or well, if you got a DVD or something. Put it in English subtitles. Do it frame by frame. It might take you a month to get through that whole episode. Write down the words that you do not know. Get your dictionary. Look up the words. Write the words down. 
in a sentence in your own words because you don't want to plagiarize. Write the grammar tenses. Is it past, present, so forth and so on. She came back to me the next week and said, Chanel, thank you so much. It worked. It, I, it, it clicked after you said that. Thank you. She gave me this big, huge hug. And I was like, well, you're welcome. You know. So, I mean, um, I enjoyed the process of that. Um, you know, working with them. That was my whole goal. I wanted to work with immigrants. Because uh, we have a big immigration population here in um, Akron. Like, we're called a safe city. So, if you're from, like, some of the countries that Trump has banned, you, um, you know, we're not going to turn you into ICE or anything. Um, you know, because once you come here and you're working and, and being productive citizens, we don't see why you need to be deported back to where you came from, which was probably ten times worse than here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I learned so much. And there was an extra bonus. I got to practice some of my languages while I was, and I got to speak some Russian, a little bit of Japanese, a little bit of Arabic, a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of French. Um, and it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. And I said, well, that's, that's my aim for the most part. I, I want to work with immigrants. Um, and that's another reason I want to learn languages is because I want to be able to not have to speak English so much. I want to be able to step into their shoes and in their world and be able to communicate on their level with their language. And it, it goes a long way. I, I find that a lot of them are very happy and very encouraging when they hear me speak. There's like a pronunciation so good. And I was like, I, I do a lot of listening. I mean, because I can't help it. I, I have no choice. So... But uh, I also wanted, I think my second to last question for you is, I've only been up and running for my podcast for about, since May 2nd. Um, and do you have any, like, really good tips on trying to get more people to tune in? I think I have so far, like, 435 views so far. With my podcast, I, um, you know, I basically just, I've been doing it for about three years and mm -hmm. uh, what I found is that it's a long, slow burn. So you just have to do lots and lots and, mm -hmm. um, and you just have to keep it up really. And then people find your, find your podcast over time and when they like what they hear, they stick with it and you get, you get fans for, fans for life. So I would suggest you to, you know, keep Keep um, keep it up. Keep bringing on interesting guests, and um, yeah, stick at it for the long term. It's it's a long term thing, basically, like languages. <laughs> oh yes, languages. That, that's my philosophy. I always say at the end of my podcast, languages. Learning languages is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Indeed. It, I mean, because that's that's exactly what it is. It's a process, and I, I wish people could really understand that. Like. This isn't the Matrix where you take a blue pill and you go into the Matrix for a little while. Um, because that's what they think. They think they can learn a language in 90 days. Now, I have a... I, I, I guess because I learned my first foreign language at university and it only took me 16 months at the time. 
doing it the old-fashioned way with no internet, no, no nothing like that. I had nothing but a book and some CDs and some tutors. Oh, and plenty of Ricky Martin, Jennifer Lopez, Shakira, Enrique Iglesias to listen to. But I tell people, you can't rush it. Why do you think you need to rush it? I don't know. I mean, unless you have a job where it requires you to learn another language, I, I wouldn't be trying to rush it. Because you, if it's like Chinese, Japanese, Hungarian, Arabic, any of these like really massive languages where they got different writing systems, different pronunciation, you know, grammar, you're going to be doing that for a while. It, that's just not something you learn overnight. And, I mean, unless it's something that's relatively related to your native tongue, like Norwegian or Swedish or German or Dutch or Danish or Fusion or Icelandic, um, then that's one thing. You, you, you have something to connect it to. But at the end of the day, you still have to crack open a book or put on an audio course or you know you still got to do some work i mean it's not going to just be putting in your head overnight and you wake up the next morning speaking you know to vladimir putin in like fluent russian having a debate about the economy and sanctions and why you know no <laughs> it just doesn't work like that and i mean i know with some of the people i help freelance wise tutor them online that's what they want they want i want to be fluent now uh you're learning english honey that's not going to happen now it it might take you a year two years it depends on how much time you put into it if you put an hour into it every day five days a week you'll see some results if you take a, a half an hour because you have a busy life that's fine Anything past an hour, your brain is not going to be able to absorb it. Like, it, 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 you're not going to remember anything. So, I just tell people, you just need to enjoy the process. Just because it, that's what it is. You know, it's a process. And it's a journey. And it's a lot of fun. When you, you know, make it fun. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Well, thank you, my friend, for letting me interview you. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Same to you. Yeah. 2.45 p.m. Okay. <laughs>